0: Ladies and gentlemen, Cosmic Ray is proud to present the biggest little star in the galaxy. Direct from Unorg City on the planet Zork, put your hands together for Sunny Eclipse and the amazing Astro Organ.
1: Hey, animator, what do you say we have some fun, huh?
2: I am C3PO, human cyborg relations. Welcome aboard the Star Speeder 3000.
0: Well, I can see my old buddy Mike feedback. The technician up there in the control booth has given me the signal to take 5. Now don't go away because we have some very special entertainment to follow. w Radio, your information station. Hello my friend and welcome to the WW Radio show your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 692. And together, as we have for the past 17 plus years, we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, Marvel, Star Wars, and more. Here on the podcast, my weekly live video, events, blog, and more. Please be sure to join the community, subscribe to the podcast, and find everything else at www.radio.com. So this week we're going to look back at Disney's D23 Expo 2022 and share our 10 memorable moments from the panels and presentations to the show floor and the people we react, reflect, and respond to the weekend and what it might mean going forward in the parks and on screen. I'll then share a short, personal story from my Expo experience and my thoughts and impressions with you, my friend. Then stay tuned for our Disney Trivia Question of the Week and more updates and your voicemails at the end of the show. And if you like what you hear, please share the show and tell a friend. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Some things are worth waiting for. And I think that's true in many respects, including when it comes to Disney. And that's going to have additional meaning and context during our discussion today. But I think it also applies to Disney's D23 Expo. Because after being postponed last year for obvious reasons, the Expo returned to the Anaheim Convention Center September 9th through the 11th for what was the biggest Expo yet. And when I say bigger, I mean it. More panels, more presentations, more people, more to see and do, and more to react, reflect, and respond to. And like the expo itself, there's no way to do and cover it all. So after a little bit of rest and recuperation, today we're going to share our 10-ish memorable moments from Disney's D23 Expo 2022. And while I may have my own sort of personal thoughts, um, everybody does who was there or followed online, because this is a very sort of subjective look at what we feel the most memorable moments are, which is why I brought along some friends and family to discuss. I want to first welcome back Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel.
3: It's so good to be back to talk about this wonderful experience we just had. I, I can't wait.
0: Becky Mankin, by the way, Perennially living in hotel rooms and cruise ship staterooms, thank you for making time for being here today. Jeremiah Good from laughingplace.com.
4: Lou, it is always a pleasure. I got to spend more time with you than probably anybody else at this expo, so I'm glad we can talk about it and well, talk about what we
0: can. I'm not going to say that spending time with you helped really make this my best expo at yet. Well, I just did because it it's actually true. Uh, and Someone else who's here who was in a stroller when the very first Expo launched and now towers over me, my son, Nicholas Mongello. Nothing really happened at this Expo. It was kind of lame, honestly. <laughs> I disagree. I think Expo was a lot, right? We all sort of talked about this really kind of from day one. And I continued and continue to describe it as wonderfully overwhelming. In the best possible way. So Becky, Jeremiah and Nicholas, give me a-, a word or a single sentence to express your impressions and feelings about Expo.
3: You always make me go first when I have to think about. I believe things, in because ladies first. So when you, when you when you leave it to just one word, that's difficult. Uh, overwhelming. Um, overstimulating, I guess, would, would be two just because. It had been three years. I kind of had forgotten just how intense that experience can be from everything on the floor to all the announcements and to all of the people. It it really was overwhelming in a good way.
4: I I think I would probably go with uh, and this is you know as cliche as I can get, magical. I I think I had so much fun this expo. I'm still recovering a week later. <laughs>
0: There's definitely a post-Expo recovery time. Like it's a real uh-huh. thing, not just the exhaustion from the Expo and your feet <laughs> just to get off your feet for a couple of days, but just the the overwhelm um, and literally like having to take some time to think about all these things. Nicholas, what about for you?
2: The best way to describe it would be there was just a lot happening at the same time. Like you'd be coming out of a panel and then have to run to another one and then have to run to go see someone. And it was just so much going on in a really good way. But it was just
0: a lot. Yeah, and and with that good, I think sometimes comes, again, I, I use the word wonderful intentionally because there's also like frustration because you can't be everywhere all at once and you can't see everything all at the same time. But hopefully you've had some time to distill your thoughts down a little bit and take an overwhelming three days and narrow down your sort of personal, because it is, I said, it's a very subjective list, your personal list of memorable moments from Expo. And that can be, and I probably should have told you this before we started recording, but it could be anything that happened in a panel on the show floor to you personally, whatever it is, because I think Expo, while it is this wonderful group event, it's also a very personal event too and sometimes some of the most wonderful things that happen happen not on a a macro scale but on a micro scale and becky like it or not i still do believe in ladies first my dad raised me right so please feel free to share your first magical moment i'm sure there's going to be overlap we will discuss as we hit them all and then jeremiah nicholas and then i will go so please uh, the floor and the microphone are yours
3: Well, thank you for that. I think because as I'm looking at my list, I I don't, it's hard to say this was the most important, memorable moment because there were so, so many. But I think that I'm going to first gravitate towards the just the energy of the people where so many of us have been, well, so many people have been. Um, cooped up for two and a half years and not seeing other people and not being part of that Disney experience. I talked to so many that just came to the booth and said, this is the first time I've traveled since March of 2020. And this was the important thing for me to be here and be with the Disney fans and to see the cosplay, to see that creativity and just to be together. So I, I think one of the moments that hit me most was when they said the doors were open on that first day. And you saw the people streaming in to run to wherever they were going, whether it be to a panel or to a booth or to come see us. Um, I, I had more hugs in three days at Expo than I think I've had in the last two and a half years. And that is what sticks most in my head is seeing the faces and getting those hugs and not having to talk through a mask. And just soaking in all that wonderful, vibrant energy that the Disney fan community has to offer. That was the the first and foremost thing that sticks in my head.
0: I actually had this last on my list because I thought it was, I I sort of balanced between, do I do it first because it's the first thing that came to mind or I save it to last because I think it's the most important part. And to, to well, you didn't what you,
3: specify that we were going from one to ten or ten to listen, one. I told,
0: I told you that you, you attack your list however it feels right for you, right? I want this to be your list, not me telling you what your list should be. And I wanted to say it for I last need because more I, instruction. I, I, <laughs> I will send you a dossier before every time we record. Thank you. I do believe that you know. Yes, it takes people to make a dream reality, but it takes people to make events like this special. Jeremiah, Nicholas, you all, we all love doing not just expo, but Comic Cons and fan conventions. We lost that for so long, and there's no way to replicate online or on social the energy, the essence, the 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 feeling of having like-minded people, wherever your fandom might lie, but like-minded people together in that, you know, parenthetical one room. Jeremy, I,
4: I I cannot agree more and just like you Lou, this that was the top of mine. Thanks Becky for, you know, setting it low while we set it high. Um <laughs> you know, I I had the chance to go to San Diego Comic-Con earlier this year, and while that is one of my happy places, D23 has been my home since oh nine. Like I've been every single expo uh, each year or each time it's gotten bigger, more, more, more teeth, more fun. And, you know, to sound completely cheesy, the chance to hang out with you, Lou, Becky, Nicholas, everybody, you know, Laughing Place had a booth. So we were all we all had that chance to Well, we almost had that chance to kind of decompress and hang out with our friends a little bit. But those few moments, I mean. I, I will say one of my all time favorite times is waiting for the uh, the DPEP, the Parks Experiences product panel with all of us standing in line together, just like half awake, but enjoying the time together because, yeah, we've had times where we've all been the chance to hang out a little bit, but that was all of us, you know, half awake, um, excited for what was coming and sharing something that you know, we, we as a small group can share those memories forever.
0: But like, that's part of the fun, right? Part of the fun is getting up early and getting in line. And yes, we might complain about it and it's hard and it's awful, but it, there is something to that, right? Nichols, we've, how many times have we done that? Not just here, but elsewhere. And while it's awful getting up at two o'clock in the morning, sometimes three o'clock in the morning, we also sometimes can't sleep because of just how excited we are. I 100% agree. In
2: all the rooms that you had to get up at three, four, five to get into, you could tell the energy in those rooms were higher than it's ever been before. Because everyone has been stuck in their houses for the past few years and has been waiting to come back to different conventions like D23. So everyone's just so happy to be back and like be in the magic again.
0: Yeah, it's almost a wonderful nervousness, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen once you get in the room. We're, w- we're waiting for all these surprises that and I'm sure we'll get to that many of us speculate on and set high expectations for. And I think that's some of the things that, that I loved watching other people as much as I loved just sort of being there, you know, present for myself. So I agree with you a thousand percent, uh, Jeremiah, what is first on your list?
4: Um, first on my list, I would have to say is walking into the arena and seeing Walt's playing. Um, that for me was one of the things when they announced it almost a year ago that uh, Amazon was bringing Walt's plane and they're going to rejuvenate it and bring it back to a way it looked. I kind of pictured the last memory I have of it is it's sitting rotting on the back lot at Disney Hollywood studios with the googly eyes. Cause it was a Cars themed or I'm sorry, planes themed uh, time and then walking in and seeing it just amazing. And, it wasn't just seeing the plane there, but seeing it in an arena and you kind of go, how did they do this? <laughs> right. And it looks spectacular. The displays, the archives really went all out for it. And, you know, it, it's one of those things that you've always heard the stories about. Yes, you may have seen it on the back lot right in the studio tour a few times. But to see it brought back to its original state and hear the stories from Imagineers and the archivists that were there—it was just that was one of those. It brought it back to Walt for
0: me, and and I agree. And it was really—I mean, I think for us, it was the first thing that we saw. And I I commented internally into to to Becky Klein from the archives and a few of the other people that were there again. Like you, I said, how do they do this, right? How do they not only recondition this plane, but get this into the arena and get it across the country? Because I always like, am fascinated by the logistics. But I said it at the beginning of the expo, I said it at the end of the expo to a number of people. I said, thank you so much for remembering Walt in the way that you did and putting him and his legacy on display. From the plane to the archives to a lot of the other little elements throughout the expo, the plane was obviously the most sort of largest and most visual part of that. But mm-hmm. Walt's presence at Expo was very meaningful for for me. And seeing the plane again, it looks it looks gorgeous. And we all know who live in yeah. Florida what the sun can what the sun can do when you leave <laughs> a vehicle outside for years
3: the plane was one of the things that was high on my list. Um, as I was looking through the announcements as to what was going to be there and what the, uh, the panels would be and everything I kept gravitating to the plane. And I'm, I'm really, um, when I walked in there, I was very overwhelmed because like you said they really made her look good, she's beautiful as compared to what the last time I saw it sitting in the back lot. And I loved all of the other little pieces of, um, of history that they had around it so it wasn't just walking and looking at a plane you got to see pictures and you got to see memories and like you said talking to the imagineers and others who were around it so you could hear the stories behind it and i really appreciated that they brought it all the way across the country which made me think
4: how are they gonna get it back <laughs> well that's they're not they're just driving it down the road to palm springs that's, yeah, exactly uh one of my favorite parts of that display was. Walt's actual seat. They had that on display. Mm-hmm. And when I was talking to some of the archivists, and I believe Jeffrey was one who was sharing the story, they they took it to the, uh, the shop at the studios, and they built or rebuilt the inside panel for that window and the seat. Um, I mean, if you didn't get a chance to see the display, it will be in the Palm Springs Air Museum come later or early next year. But the there are photos everywhere of the updates and every and all the different displays in there, so it's something to go check out.
0: Yeah, I loved it, and you have the if you have the opportunity to go and see it, um, I, I certainly recommend it.
2: The plane, the way they were able to take that like old plane that was sitting on the back lot for years and years and years and years, and just rejuvenate it and bring the life back into it, like when Walt had it, was incredible to me, and how they were able to recapture. Exactly what the plane was.
0: All right, Nicholas. What was number one on your list of of memorable moment moments or or impressive moments from Expo?
2: The number one moment for me, like the first thing that came to my mind when I was writing my list, like five minutes ago, was <laughs> sitting in the Parks and Resorts um, presentation and seeing the figment balloon from our booth <laughs> pop up on the screen. Like me and Becky, like
0: looked at each other and we're like,
2: Oh my God, kid's actually there.
0: <laughs> so to give just a little ah. bit of, of context to this, uh, every year since, uh, 2011, uh, Becky and I, so first D23 expo, WW Radio had a booth, Mouse Fan Travel had a booth right next to it. We decided to tear down the wall. We made it one giant sort of collective community booth, and, and we've been together doing the booth at Expo ever since. That following year in 2011, um, I have a friend, Larson, who introduced me to a friend of his who is a not just an incredibly talented musician, but a remarkably talented balloon artist. And long story longer, he was willing to come out and create on-site balloon sculptures for us every single year that we've been at Expo. We had... Becky, what was it? A a 12 foot tall Sorcerer Mickey hat in 2011. We had a Disney cruise line ship that literally hung over the booth in 2013. We've had an Adat Walker, a Groot, a Spider-Man, small pieces like a a flounder and a gauntlet and the cap's shield and, and balloon columns every year. Not just a sort of Just be sort of attracting attractive things to the booth, but sort of iconic elements that people can come by and take pictures with. And in preparing for this year's event, we sort of tossed around a lot of ideas. And I said, you know what? I think we need to hedge our bets that we're going to get the imagination announcement of an update or at least just sort of embrace the 40th anniversary of Epcot and everybody's lovable little mascot figment.
3: And that worked so beautifully because we knew even if we didn't get an announcement, we knew that it is so beloved that people would love it anyway. Right. And that was actually number two on my list. It's the, you know, the big figment in the room. Um, I remember walking in because John is an amazing artist and he had a couple of friends helping him put this together. It took him from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m to create this nine foot figment, which I think it was like a a foot over what we're supposed to, but who cares? (laughs) And I turned the corner to see the final product and I I start crying. It was so cute and so adorable and so perfect. Um, I knew that the attendees of, of the expo were going to love it as much as we did. And sure enough, Nick and I are sitting next to each other in that panel. And he was making Josh was making the announcement that uh, that Figment was going to come back to the park, and we looked at each other, and sure enough, there were four pictures of Figment, and three <laughs> of them included our balloon. And I started getting texts from people, and we, we couldn't believe it. It was it was such a great nod to what we had created in the booth and what John had created in the booth. Uh, to to show up on the park's panel at the uh, presentation that was amazing.
0: Yeah, huge congratulations and thanks to John Reed. He is from yeah. Epic Epic Balloons. I'll link to it. He's Epic Balloons on Instagram and I'll link to his work on uh in the in well, the yeah. show notes.
3: Follow him, too, because he posts all the stuff that he does, and you get to see a lot of his, his creation. So he's he's amazing.
0: And he's just like the nicest guy on the planet, too. So love yeah. and and huge thanks to John Reed. And I, we might as well say this here, and forgive me if I'm stealing somebody's, as long as we're talking about Figment, I, I think especially for us who were there, you know, the, the expo... It's three very, very long days, but this year there was something about it that made them go very, very fast. And there is this bittersweet moment when 7 o'clock comes on Sunday and, and everyone is, is asked to leave and the lights go down. They turn the air conditioner off oh. and it's time to break down the booth. Huge thanks again to to Corey Bassett. He is the keeper of the box. He is the, the my man in the chair in the booth. All he wanted to do was one thing. He said, please, just let me see if I could climb inside Figment at the end of Expo. And he did. And he ran up and down the aisles for what might be the funniest moment I've ever had at Expo. I posted it on social. I'll share it again in uh, in the show notes. But watching Corey, forget Corey, watching giant balloon Figment run up and down the aisles was hysterical.
2: It even started to attract like, other people from other boots. And they're like, why is Figment running up and down the aisle? It was the funniest part of the expo, in my opinion.
4: That was definitely one following. Like, I looked at that on Instagram and just started laughing. I, at first, I thought it was you, because that that balloon doesn't seem like nine feet tall for me. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other great things about that balloon is I there are always the stories of the 64-65 World's Fair where people said, Oh, meet me at the Tower of the Four Winds for It's a Small World. I literally told people, meet me at the Figment Balloon. <laughs> so that's, that was like the main meeting point. Because everybody that walked the floor knew about the Figment Balloon. And I it love was it. beautiful to see.
0: Yeah, he do, he, does, uh, so, he does amazing work.
3: That was so cool. And yeah, thank you, Corey, for giving me the laugh of the century, because <laughs> when we figured out, it only took one moving, removing one balloon to allow a, a human being to jump inside of that and walk. I I laughed so hard. I was crying. And I, I, I got a video that finally went viral. Thanks, Corey. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's got some, it was just hilarious and all the people around had their cameras out and it was a good way to end three days of, of being on our feet.
0: So for me, when I was crafting my list, I didn't go in with any sort of intent Well, I want to do parks first, or I want to do movies first. I just let, I sort of just do a brain dump and let them just fall onto a list. And I'm going to go with the first thing that I ended up dropping on my list. And I am not normally one maybe sometimes I am for superlatives, but I think the most fun surprise of the weekend can be summarized in three words, Rogers, the musical. When oh. Kevin Feige got on stage and we all know of our, of our love and appreciation of, of Kevin, when he got on stage, the first thing he said, and, and what, look, a couple things. One thing I love about Kevin Feige, not just beyond the work that he does if you notice, when Kevin Foggy steps on stage, whether it is at a Comic-Con, whether it's Expo, he does not use a teleprompter. And not that there's anything wrong with using a teleprompter, but he does not use a teleprompter, which I think really is a testament to him and his authenticity and his fandom. And he casually talks about – you don't even feel that there's a buildup coming, but he's casually talking about how – He's been coming to Expo for years and he, you know, he watches all the performances for the studios and and Disney Plus and, and that the D- Disney family brings on stage. And he talked about how, like, you know, I've always been a little bit jealous, too. Like, why can't we get our own musical number Well, the lights dim? They come back up and we are treated to this incredible performance of I could do this all day from that sort of show within a show Rogers, the musical in last year's Disney plus series Hawkeye. And I don't mean one or two performance like performers with a backtrack. There were 22 performers, a six piece live rhythm section, a composer and the conductor Mark Shaman was there who wrote the song for Hawkeye. Um, It was incredible to see it the first time on screen in Hawkeye. It was even better to see it on stage. It was a love letter And a gift to fans. Maybe a little bit of a fun jab at Spider-Man. Turn off the dark from Broadway in 2011. But for me, it was one of the just the most joyful moments I had inside any of the panels.
3: Yeah, joyful is a great word for that. And I have a suggestion because it went over so well. Maybe they should move that production into the Hyperion Theater in DCA. I think that would be... Fantastic, but you're right. That was so unexpected. It was a moment that was a crowd pleaser from the first note, and again, joyous laughter through the entire thing. It was a, a great idea. Kudos to whoever whoever had that and pulled it off.
2: It was such a great surprise, like the way it just came out of nowhere. I would have never bet in a million years that they were going to do a live performance musical number at the Marvel panel (laughs) it was such a great surprise and all the performers and all and everyone did such a great job on stage like make a full Broadway show out of that it was fantastic
4: well for me I wasn't in that panel Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I sadly was covering everything else during those like I missed the animation and live action panels because I was on duty for other things but Coming off of that, I do have to say, it was hilarious to listen to Josh make fun of Kevin and that production in the Parks panel, he's like, I can do this too. And then we got the amazing productions, which we'll talk about later on, I'm sure.
0: Um, Becky, what's next on your list? Uh,
3: much like you, I didn't try to put these in categories and I just started writing them out. So. The first thing was those energy of the people. The second was a moment that was unexpected for me, which was when um, Harrison Ford took the stage and they had announced uh, Indiana Jones and his speech to everybody he teared up he got emotional and I wasn't expecting that from him I'm I'm expecting you know strong Indiana Jones to come out and talk about this wonderful adventure that he's going to take us on and he got so emotional and teared up which made me tear up which made me like him even more because his the humanity of of the moment um and, and for his age, I mean, he looks great for his age. Don't get me wrong. But to pull off this type of movie and what he's doing at his age is incredibly important and amazing. And his emotional outpouring about it shows just how much he loves it. And he loves the production and the people he works with and the fans as well. And that that really did have a um, uh, that emotional, memorable moment for me.
0: This was very high on my list uh, for a number of reasons, and it has nothing to do with Indiana Jones. It has to do, like you said, Becky, with Harrison Ford, right? We've known mm-hmm. Harrison Ford has been part of our lives, the zeitgeist for, you know, Harrison Ford's 80, right? And, and mm-hmm. he's brought this character to life for more than 40 years. And what I loved about it is exactly what you said. I loved seeing the emotional side to a performer who, let's be honest, often acknowledges that a lot of the roles that we see him in and love him in, including but not limited to Han Solo, are, to use his words, just a job, right? He talks about Mm -hmm. how he's in the storytelling business, and it is a job for him. And that apparent lack of passion can sometimes come across in a way that's off-putting to fans who not only love the character— But who love the actor who portrays? We want to believe like he lives, eats, breathes, and sleeps. Indiana Jones and Han (laughs) Solo, and maybe he doesn't. And I think that that can come across a a lot of different ways to people. And again, whether it's you know disappointing or, or or even rude, but when he talked and that emotion that came out was clearly authentic, or he is the remarkable actor that we know him to be. But I believe that it was authentic. He thanked us, right, for making the films an incredible experience for everybody. Um, He held back tears. He had to pause as the crowd cheered him on. And he talked about how proud he was of the production. He acknowledged, uh, you know, his co-stars, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And he talked about the humanity of the stories, not just in sort of the the human story to tell, but to use his words, a movie that's going to kick your butt as it is, Um, he also was very honest saying, this is it, right? I'm not going to fall down for you ever again. So the fact Mm -hmm. that he brought the human side of Harrison Ford really made that part of the present. I mean, that was one of my favorite parts of the entire weekend was seeing the human side of Harrison Ford. Uh, Nick, Jeremiah, anything? Uh,
4: So for me, this was, again, One of those moments I wasn't in the room for, Uh, but hearing about that, like I'm out on the floor, I'm in a different panel and I'm looking at social media and hearing about how he teared up that it's amazing that, you know, we've done how many expos now? This is the seventh one. um, And every time there's at least one major surprise and Harrison Ford walking out, I think it's going to be very hard to talk the person who, as you said, has been a part of our lives since we were very little kids. That was, you know, amazing for everybody who's in that room. For me, my favorite part that has to tie with that, and this was actually going to be my next thing, so we'll just kind of mm-hmm. carry over, uh, was the floor in the Lucas Films booth. They actually had Indy's costume and two of the other characters. And it was from Indy 5, but nobody... I, I stood there for probably 20 minutes. Just don't tell my boss that I stood in one place for 20 <laughs> minutes. Um, and I just saw what people walk by thinking it was just Indy's costume, not reading the plaque that says Indy 5 or the concept art that was for Indy 5 and seeing that and then walking up to one of the Lucasfilm folk and going, this hasn't been seen before. They're like, nope, this is brand new and nobody has picked up on it. It, it was just, again... D23 knows how to spoil us. They they know how to treat the people that are dedicated that walk in. You know, they could have just had, like, the Star Wars costumes. They had the some of the upcoming stuff, but they also had Darth Vader. They had the Willow stuff. It was, for a booth that I think a lot of people overlooked, other than getting the free stuff that they'd hand out every now and then, there were surprises in every corner of that booth. And that's really, the floor was... <laughs> this was probably the busiest floor as far as things to see and do since the first expo. Like I know that I miss things. I'm seeing stuff on social media that I still like, wait, where was that?
0: Yeah. We didn't even get over to back in our talk. We didn't even get over to hall a until really the second half of the, uh, of the last day. And I agree, Jeremiah, sometimes seeing props and pieces and costumes from these films and characters that we love so much in the Lucasfilm booth on the sides of the Marvel booth seeing not just from the big screen but from Disney plus I freaked out when I saw Moon Knight I I also love seeing the costumes and and not even having to do like a walkthrough exhibit they're just there on display for you to take in at your leisure the Lucasfilm booth,
2: the way that it featured not just Star Wars, but the Indiana Jones five things and the Willow stuff was really, really great in terms of being able to show all their different things. And I think that you're right, Jeremiah, that the booth was kind of overlooked by a lot of people, but the amount of details and little hidden things inside that booth was incredible. So I 100 percent agree.
0: Nick, what is um, what is next on your list?
2: So the next thing on my list would probably be just the announcements made at the Marvel panel, like overall, after Rogers the Musical came out and they showed the trailers for a numerous different titles. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Werewolf by Night, that was like my highlight of that panel. And the Wakanda Forever trailer, like those three were the three trailers that really stood out to me in terms of getting me excited for those films coming out.
0: Was there one of the Marvel announcements? Question to all of you. Was there, and, I, and I'm and I'm sure you have these on your list, but for, well for you, Nicholas. Was there one Marvel announcement that excited you the most?
2: The one that excited me the most by far was Werewolf by Night <laughs> because it's the most. It's huh. one of the most unique things that I think Marvel has and will ever do. In terms of the characters going to introduce and how it was made, like the film being in black and white with all those details, like that you'd see in a 1930s, 1940s horror film, I think that's just so unique and so incredible. And like the different, like you really, really obscure characters that we're going to see in that, like the man thing and the werewolf by night, I think that made me the most excited of all the announcements at that. Panel. Yeah, man, let's talk about it.
0: Werewolf by night was very high on my list. Um, I, I, I love. The retro nod and sort of that that Vincent Price vibe that this black and white trailer has to it. And if you're not familiar with Werewolf by Night, it is based on a, the Marvel comic run or runs of the same name. We've heard rumors about this coming to Disney Plus for some time. One thing I did not realize is that one of my favorite modern composers, Michael Giacchino, I Love You and Lost, and many other things, uh, is helming the project, and it portrays uh, Jack Russell, who is the original werewolf in the comics, who has actually interacted with a lot of other iconic characters, including Iron Man. It's where Moon Knight made his first appearance, so it's all connected, but I love not just the fact that this is this one-off special, it's not a series, it's just a one-off special show that's going to debut October 7th, that is... Not just retro, not just black, black and white, bringing in characters like a man thing, but it is going to be this interesting balance and, and blended dichotomy of being fun and scary all at the same time. And even the introduction, like that special presentation introduction, reminded me of those late 70s, early 80s, even sort of late 60s intros that we got on Channel 9 and Channel 11, like back in New Jersey, you know, growing up as a kid, uh. You know, around Halloween time, so I'm with you, Nicholas. Super excited for Werewolf by Night.
4: Yeah, I, Werewolf by Night is anytime they venture out of the the mainstream characters. I mean, yes, Iron Man wasn't a mainstream character until the movie came out. Really, he was always a third level. But Werewolf by Night, especially Man Thing, Man Thing's always been one of those characters that is, you know, yes, the Swamp Thing and Man Thing probably can't tell them too much apart unless you're actual fans, but it's, it's not the norm. It's venturing into that dark side, which hopefully opens up the doors for more. I mean, it took the Guardians of the Galaxy to open up the kind of the cosmic realm for everything. So hopefully this will venture more to that. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing we may get a surprise uh, appearance by Blade in this because that would be a great introduction. And then we'll start to see more of that. So that will be something that I'm looking forward to definitely coming to Marvel or Disney Plus.
0: I, I
3: had zero idea. <laughs> I, had, I had zero idea what was popping up on the screen. I'm Like, wait a minute, this black and white thing? Werewolves. OK, because. All right. I'm not as into the comic books as you guys clearly were and are. Uh, So a lot of this stuff sometimes is like, wow, that's kind of cool. How do they come up with that? Oh, it's been in a comic book for, you know, 30 some odd years. Um, I'm excited about that. I I love a little dark and twisty. So that looks like it's going to have some some fun attached to it. But for me personally, what I was really excited about was the um, announcement of the Thunderbolts. And who each of them were going to be and how it was going to come together. And it, it's really kind of exciting to see the fringe of the uh, of, of the MCU kind of come together in a strange way. And I know that this is has some root in comic books as well, but I have no idea about it. So this was all a surprise to me and a very welcome one at that.
0: Yeah, it was the Marvel panel was interesting and I'm sure we'll touch on this because we did get some announcements that we hoped for. We didn't get some announcements that we hoped for, but what we did get revealed were the identity of who the Thunderbolts under, under, you know, Thunderbolt Ross being unveiled. Right. And if you, in case you missed it, Julie Louis-Dreyfus is Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. David Harbour, who I love from Stranger Things, is the Red Guardian. Uh, Hannah John-Kamen is coming back as Ghost. Uh, Sebastian Stan, did not see that coming, is back as Bucky Barnes' Winter Soldier. Wyatt Russell, the man you love to hate, was amazing as John Walker, who will now be U.S. agent. And uh, Taskmaster, Olga Olga Kolria Col- Rea- Olga is coming back as Taskmaster <laughs> and Yelena Belova, Flor- Florence Pugh uh, coming back as um, – y- Florence Pugh is back as Yelena Belova. We saw concept art. That concept art might change. There might be some additional uh, entrance to the agenda, to the Thunderbolt might coming – might just be some, some additions coming to Thunderbolt. But I, I agree, Becky. I love – and we'll touch on these individually as we go through – but it's, it's an exciting time for Marvel as the page is being turned and characters that we have been introduced to are starting to bring us into the next phases, plural, of where the MCU on the big and small screen is going to take us.
2: One more thing from the Marvel panel that I think on the Marvel by Night or like – almost above where I open my night. You better not take anything
0: off my list, boy. Watch me right now. (laughs) Don't do it. Dude, don't. No, 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 don't say it. I know where you're going. Don't you take my thunder. I have an entire entry for this because it was number two on my list. Okay. (laughs) All right, fine. Let's just get to it right now. Oh. Becky, you have to know. You have no idea. I
3: I have no idea what you're going to say because I was going to actually say poor Nicholas and, and ask if somewhere along the line you'll
0: actually ask us about what we didn't get. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Because, and and we'll talk about that because again, expectations we set sometimes are our personal expectations. We'll, we'll, we'll address that uh, expectation elephant in the room. Nicholas and I sat together during this panel. And even as we were leading up to expo, we had sort of talked about how we hoped to see not the character but a person walk on stage and when Vincent D'Onofrio was on stage talking about his role in Echo which I'm very much looking forward to and the cast walked off as Feige was about to introduce the next topic Vincent D'Onofrio the kingpin remained on stage Nicholas and I start punching each other with excitement. We're like, "This is it! Here it comes!" And you Omg, giggling like like four year olds. We were ecstatic. Oh my like God, it was it, like this is why you go to Expo. This is why you have to be in the room. Sorry, Jeremiah, because we were punching each other with excitement, just saying, "Please, please, please, let him come out on stage." And when Charlie Cox, Daredevil, Matt Murdock walked out. I I was giddy. I was emotional. Like, I, home, I had hoped for it. I wasn't sure it was going to happen because we know that uh, Daredevil is coming back for an 18-episode run uh, that's going to begin production next year. We lost it. We absolutely lost it. I, I, I've talked on the show before about how much I love Daredevil. If you're we're recording, you can see the poster of him <laughs> be, behind me. Uh, I love D'Onofrio. I loved him in, in Law & Order. Men in Black and, and certainly in uh, Echo, but really his performance and Charlie Cox's performance in Daredevil. Nicholas and I have talked about this a lot. This is not maybe another conversation for another day, but the Netflix Daredevil series may be arguably not just the best Marvel series, but some of Marvel's best work on screen, period. Like, There's no qualifier that. there. Becky just I said agree, she has
4: to... 100%. Yeah. I need to see it. I know
3: you guys have spoken so highly of it. And I've heard other people say that it's one of the best, if not the best. So yeah, it's on the list.
4: No, there is nothing that can ever top that show. It, it was also, we were so desperate for anything Marvel and anything real Marvel. Like there's nothing wrong with the films, but that show was so grounded in the comics and made you love every bit of it. And Vincent D'Onofrio wasn't Kingpin as he is in the comics where he's eight feet tall and 5,000 pounds and shoulders that are bigger than Lou Lane on his side. Um, (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) He, you know, he put the fear of Kingpin in people just from one scene with the car door. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, when you see it, you'll understand.
0: Not for the kids, by the way, not for the kids. This is the Netflix series or Becky, you'll like this. They're very dark They are, in times, extremely violent. But some of the best cinematography, Daredevil Season 1, you know the scene that I'm talking about, that one shot in the hallway. Some of the best cinematography, some of the best storytelling, some of the best character development. Daredevil is almost less of a quote-unquote superhero show as it is a character development show. Uh, It's emotional. Um, there's a lot, you know. I've talked about sort of how I, I relate to the street level characters so much more. And the timing is perfect because this week, somewhat spoilery, we already know that he's coming to She-Hulk on Disney Plus. We got our first taste of Daredevil coming into the MCU with his new costume in a little bit of a clearly lighter tone. We find out why he's going to we're going to find out why he's in L.A. in the first place uh, when you watch episode five of She-Hulk. But, Nicholas, you see, this is number three on my list was was Charlie Cox coming out on stage. I agree with you a thousand percent.
2: Like everything that went through my mind when I like when he when Vince D'Onofrio like didn't walk off stage and he was like, Whose show are we going to talk about? And then you just hear Charlie Cox's voice be like, I think it's mine. And like.
4: She Hulk. We're going <laughs> to talk
2: about
3: She Hulk, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, I. Like- well, you guys, I, I didn't see you breathe. Uh, I. Everybody else was like walking up the stage. He was staying. You two were punching each other and jumping it up and down in your seat, and you did not breathe. And th- that was so fun just to watch your faces as it was being announced.
0: So that was really cool. I listen. Say what you want. I'm a. It's a good time to be a Disney and a Marvel fan, like there's just a lot of good stuff that's coming. Uh, I think it's my turn. Maybe. Yes. Sort of. Sure, Go right ahead. Why not? Who cares?
4: Are we doing turns still?
0: (laughs) I sort of, I knew, you know, with the overlap, it doesn't matter. Listen, that's why I say 10-ish because nobody, hopefully nobody's actually trying to keep score and (laughs) making sure we hit 10. Number two on my list was, and you know, I'm probably, you know, really as much as I love the Marvel and the movie stuff, I'm, I'm really like a parks guy first. And Walt Disney world is my home. Number two on my list is from the parks and resorts discussion, but it is not from Walt Disney World. Because I am, and I and I know it's probably not a huge thing, and we're probably not gonna get an attraction, and it doesn't matter. But I also was giddy with excitement when I heard that Pacific Wharf in Disney California oh, Adventure yeah. is gonna be reimagined <laughs> into San Francisco from Big Hero oh. Six. Um I love it. And it just make when you look at it. We went to DCA a couple of days during and after expo, and I was looking at that area, and you can see how Pacific Wharf, which evokes that San Francisco waterfront, can be reimagined into San Francisco, where, you know, modern technology meets old world tradition. And, and we know that this is very early in development, but you can almost imagine seeing. Ant Cass's Lucky Cat Cafe or, you know, maybe in the background, the San Francisco Institute of Technology, um, Cray Tech Industries, Fredrickson Fredrickson Manor, uh, the home of Fred, uh, Good Luck Alley and the Trading Post and that Golden Gate Bridge with the Tory Gates on top is going to be amazing. Uh, There's a lot of potential for there even just from an aesthetic and design and theming and maybe food, you know, maybe there's going to, they're going to have a little noodle burger place in there as well. But I love the idea of theming this to one of my favorite. And he's, I know he's a Marvel character, but one of my favorite animated Disney movies ever.
4: Yeah. You just want to hug Baymax. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't wait to hug Baymax again, but I was sitting next to you and I, your face at that point, I think this was one of the few times where we weren't cheating and looking at the teleprompter <laughs> for what was coming because trust me, Nicholas, I was hitting your dad multiple times at different things and we were doing it above in front of everybody else who had no clue what we were excited for. But this one, uh, I mean, if you look close at the concept art is sadly the one thing that I, I will regret them taking away is it looks like the Bodine bakery and that area is going to turn to Ant Cass's, which, yes, it'll be nice. Maybe Ant Cass and Bodine will team up, hopefully, uh, but that area as Ant Cass's could be amazing. Uh, I know in the press release it said we're getting dining experiences and the Baymax meet and greet, so having Baymax back, I remember going to the last day he was in the parks here and hugging him, and there's just something you know, you, you get that feel of, uh, your, your feeling the love from Baymax.
0: And what I love is like the, the cafe is where aunt Cass does her stress eating. I like to stress eat too. So I'm going to be, it's going to be like an attraction for me. You'll look like Baymax after just wow. eating there. Wow. <laughs> you and Jeremiah teaming up. Listen, it's okay i'm gonna get a bull i'm gonna commit <laughs> so. I, no
4: i wasn't saying your i'm saying your length is you know oh. kingpin like he has big short uh, big
0: and
2: fluffy and lovable
0: yeah whatever i'm reaching maximum density i get it okay becky you're next me you are Becky.
3: Are we yes. back, we're back to the infinite story um how oh, there's like four things here and I'm going to just choose one. Well, since we're on the parks anyway, let's talk about that Avengers campus announcement, which we, I was hoping we would get it, but we didn't get what I thought we were getting. We got something completely different, which I think is actually a little bit more exciting in a way where they were talking about the new attraction. will have all the heroes and all the villains going to battle. And the poster that we got from that. I think Nick, you sat there with me and we're pointing out um, a a bunch of the villains that I didn't even realize were on the poster. So the entrance not going into where I thought the entrance was going to be uh, right underneath the Quinjet there in Avengers Campus, but possibly going through the other side. It's, it was unexpected how they put this together, but it's, very exciting, too, with the possibilities. So, you know, as this multiverse is completely opened up, I think that this made for a really interesting possibility for this attraction.
2: That poster just existing just got my mind racing. The minute yeah. I saw Daredevil oh on a God. Disney Parks oh poster, goodness. I was like, holy Toledo, this is going to be the greatest attraction ever made. And it has everybody, like even characters like that we haven't even seen yet like man thing and the werewolf we'll night they were both on there along with Fire characters man, we already know yeah variations yeah, Veneer, right like very vari- yeah. variants of the different characters and you could see the staples that we know like thor mm-hmm. iron man captain america but also like the new Disney plus characters kamal khan like everyone is there and it just the possibilities are endless for that attraction so
0: and I love the idea of creating a new character, right? The, the concept for this, and it's been described as an epic family adventure, is the we have to team up with these, quote-unquote, Avengers, because it's not sort of the, the defined Avengers, for a battle with King Thanos, which is a new villain who was designed specifically mm-hmm. for Avengers Campus. King Thanos is not in the comics, and we saw concept art, of Thanos with this incredible-looking huge crown and sort of, you know, new beard. So I love the fact that they took the idea of not just walking into the multiverse and seeing the same characters, but, you know, what if Thanos won? What if Thanos yeah. won? It Like, yeah, my brains falling flames <coughs> from the side of my face.
4: And I... So that poster... And the concept art, like, uh, thankfully, Disney gave us the concept art on things. So I was zooming in and looking at it just like <laughs> you were, Nick. Um, but also, we don't know what this attraction's going to be. Like, we yeah. have no idea what it's going to be. We see three rows of four, which could be any type of different vehicle people have said it looks like a boat ride, which I would put money down. We will not be getting an Avengers boat ride, (laughs) Um, but it, you know, could this be a rise type attraction? Could this be an (laughs) attraction? We have no clue what it is. Uh, you know, when to go to pull back the curtain on some of us that we talked to different people and we heard that the original Avengers attraction that was announced in 2019 was going to be a, a variant of, uh, of uh, kind of the uh, Flight of Passage where you'd be flying with Iron Man and find that, that sounded like a great attraction, but to me it was, you know, it's just going to be Flight of Passage over Wakanda and that right. kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So this, you know, when they announced it at the uh, Legends panel, which again, I wasn't in the room. Uh, and, Hearing, oh, there's a multiverse, and then seeing the basic concept art that they gave. I think every single one of us had that concept art on our phone, just trying to figure out what's going on. And then when we finally saw more of it, where it's off to the side, and I think we've all kind of figured out that, yes, the building will be built behind the Quinjet. So it'll be the Avengers building, but the attraction will not be based in that building. Um, I... I want to see the construction as it goes day by day because I'm pretty sure starting tomorrow, when we have oh I won't spoil that one in case that one's on somebody's <laughs> list uh, when there's a special guest on Avengers Campus they could start tearing stuff apart tomorrow. Oh, I like it, <laughs> and not to yeah. get too
0: far ahead of ourselves, but I, I want to sort of put a pin in this really quickly. This is what I love. This the the announcement that comes that nobody was talking about before and that nobody called it. Nobody expected it. Nobody predicted it. It's this thing that comes out of left field that is exciting for us and gets us like the anticipation building already. I think sometimes people will talk, you know, about what we didn't get or or the disappointment when you get a gift like this. And this, this was one of a few, when you get something like this, this is what I love when it's something that nobody had expected. Nobody had predicted before, um, And if I didn't love Avengers Campus enough, you know, here's just another reason.
2: I would have never thought in a million years they would put Daredevil into a ride (laughs) at Disneyland,
4: (laughs) but...
0: Thank the Lord that happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nicholas no, no. literally Thank said to the me, Kevin
4: Feige. Yeah,
0: Nicholas says, Dad, if Daredevil, Daredevil starts doing a walk around at Avengers campus, we're flying back this week. <laughs> oh, I
2: will go with you guys like,
4: for that
2: one. We were walking, I don't know where we were walking, but I was thinking, like, they always bring the characters in right after the show's premiere. So I was like, Daredevil's gonna show up this week and it's gonna be the day after we left. And I was oh, gonna man. cry. But nope, it's next
0: week. So Jeremiah, just get ready. Flights. We might be taking a quick. Wait, the is, three of us might be doing a it's quick next trip next week when he shows up oh, on Sheehan. I'll be there. <laughs> you might need to get a book, a couple extra rooms. Just saying. Yes.
3: Or you know we can handle that before... if
0: you need it. <clears throat> um, <Now. laughs> I don't know who. I don't know whose that was. So who goes next, Jeremiah? It's no, fine. Sure.
4: So, sure. Um, now I have to think because I did not write anything down um, for me as an old school Disneyland person, probably one of the biggest things. And I, I was actually having this conversation two days before the parks panel, when I was in Disneyland of where, where would the hat box ghost go at Walt Disney world? Mm-hmm. And when they announced that, like it was such a, it was a two second announcement. There was no big pomp and circumstance. They showed the hat box. Josh, like, hat box ghosts coming to Florida for the first time. That is just. I've said this since they did all the massive upgrades a decade ago at Walt Disney World. Disneyland has the best exterior and stretching rooms. Walt Disney World has the best attraction inside. And putting the hat box ghost, that just brings it to that next level. So I think that. Also, the fact that they are going to have to shut down the attraction for at least a month at some point, if not more, means that they're going to do some more cleanup. And mm-hmm. we could be seeing another, you know, massive update that we didn't even know we were expecting in Haunted Mansion.
0: So, Jeremiah, I'm I'm happy you mentioned this because I had this on my list and it was really sort of a a, a, a two headed Hydra because it was again it sort of flows from what we were just talking about the idea of something that we never saw coming nobody was talking about i wonder if they're ever going to bring the hat box goes to walt disney world like we just we'd hope for it but we never really expected it and i love the fact that this disneyland original that disappeared and then came back again back in 2015 is coming to walt disney world is very exciting i think timing is everything because it's You know, alongside the debut of the Hatbox Ghost sometime in 2023, the Haunted Mansion is going to get a new film adaptation with Rosaria Dawson and Owen Wilson and Winona Ryder and Danny DeVito. We saw Jimmy Lee Curtis coming out on stage in a doom buggy to play Madame Leota. And uh, Jared Leto is also going to be there um, playing the Hatbox Ghost. So it makes perfect sense. I I love the timing. Um, Again, I love the the lack of expectation that we had for it. And it is this wonderful, you know, I, I, there's no other way to, I, I think it's a gift, right? They don't have to put the hat box ghost in, but it is a gift to Walt Disney world fans who might not be able to get out to Disneyland or have never even seen the Hatbox ghost before. Nicholas, you're next. Oh, oh my goodness. I didn't realize, um, while you're, you know what? Wait, while you're, while you're looking, while you're trying to decide what's next, I'm going to, I'll tie this into something because I had this sort of, I had this announcement paired up with something else, right? That the, what, Are no, Are you playing what, the Hatbox Ghost? I'm sorry? Are you playing the Hatbox Ghost? I am not Ghost? playing the Hatbox no, Ghost. Um, <laughs> But in terms of things we never saw coming, right, to Walt Disney World, we never saw the Hatbox Ghost coming. We also, while we've been talking about imagination and by virtue of the balloon that we decided to have at the booth, we had hopes for an update to the Imagination Pavilion. I'll get to that later on. But we're getting a figment meet and greet by the end of 2023 in the, the Imagination Pavilion in Walt Disney World, which to me, signals that we that an update is going to be coming to the pavilion. Figment's obviously not going anywhere. and I think, in, in fact, he's going to be even more prominent in the park. It's, so he's sort of become this, this unofficial icon or, or a sort of mascot of Epcot. Uh, Disney said in a blog post that he's coming to life in a whole new way, which makes me believe that he's not going to be the eight-foot-tall, um, you know, Big photo
2: op figment
0: walk around that we saw before it makes me very curious to see how this is going to be executed and where and i think hoping to usher in an announcement of what is coming to the pavilion but i will get to that later
2: i think they're just going to take the balloon that we made and then there's <laughs> someone walk around in that and that <laughs> is the character
4: meet and greet cory has been hired to just <laughs> run
0: around epcot in the balloon
4: <laughs> so Louis, to, to, to come off of that um one of the things, you know, you guys, the balloon, I think, was definitely one of the triggers. Josh went in the back, said, "You know, we have to do it." That's what it was. but one of the things it, to go back to where Figment was lost in obscurity, uh, and this is something that you and I and Nicholas all loved the Disney Kingdoms Figment comic. That that's kind of where Figment came back to it, and you know, we both have good friends, so we're in charge of that. You can go to your local comic shop. Just go to your local comic shop, anyway. You can buy the hardcover; it's worth it, and it will bring back the love of Figment and yeah, Dreamfinder. Um, so, you know, there's a plug for comics everywhere.
2: Preach! Those Figment comics like opened up an entire door of possibilities. They could they could do something like with things that you see in the comic in the parks. Just with the Dreamfinder and Figment and all that, like I love those comics so so much because it brought Figment back, kind of
0: from a uh, mid attraction. So, yeah. All right, Nicholas, I think you're you were next up on your list. We we covered. We, did we did our list sort of cover the things Your that you Your list on... <laughs> covered
2: everything that I had so far.
4: All right. Well, do You have, do you have to go to another room to I'm write. Words? Words? Yeah.
2: <laughs> give me ten minutes and I'll have an entire new list. So
0: I'm going to 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 move to something on my list, which was, and again, there was no necessarily defined order of of importance but something i think is is important for me to have put on my list is not necessarily the announcement of what's coming but why and i'm going to preface this by saying that this is on my list because i applaud and appreciate when disney and you can call disney you can call it Josh Damar, you can call it Bob Japek i think it's a it's a combination of both when disney is able to acknowledge when something maybe isn't working and is received as well as maybe they would have hoped and they make a change. They don't just say, it is what it is, like it, you know, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Happily Ever After is returning and Harmonious is leaving less than two years after opening. And these were met with very interesting, very passionate, I think, reactions from people in the crowd, not just because Jordan Fisher came out and sang Happily Ever After, but this idea that this song is coming back and is going to be paired with, and I quote, an updated nighttime spectacular at Magic Kingdom in 2023, acknowledges the fact that, hey, this is not just a fan favorite, but one that people love and they miss. And yes, Enchantment is wonderful, but it is is—it is clearly not resonating with fans The same way. I think, in even a much greater way, with Harmonious, Disney is not saying, Look, we invested a huge amount of time and labor and resources and money into this show and the barges and the arms, and you're going to have to like it. This is a very fast response, I think, to Disney clearly having their finger on the pulse of what guests are saying. Disney listens whether you think so or not this is very clear acknowledgement of hey this is not getting the reception that we hoped it was we need to fix it and we need to sort of write this ship and they are going to create a new show that is going to quote carry on the park's legacy of inspiring nighttime entertainment that unites guests around World Showcase Lagoon we don't know what that's going to be we don't know what that's going to look like but the fact that Disney was able to say we that, that Harmonious has had its run and it's time for something new, I think, speaking only for myself, is something that I really appreciate.
2: It really shows, like, exactly what you said. They listen. They hear everything that we're saying, like— they heard that people were not a big fan of Harmonious Enchantments. So they're like, okay, let's pivot. Let's bring back what people loved so much and let's change what people don't love so much. And it shows the like transparency they have about being able to quickly pivot to what people like and don't like and how they actually listen to everybody rather than just being like, oh, oh well, they don't like the show. Sucks, suck. suck.
3: Maybe, maybe in the meantime, it really is going to be Epcot Forever again. <laughs> until well, the new one comes out. Uh the, the timing of all this is going to be interesting. I I'm I'm very happy that they do listen. Um and that the response to those shows, while you know they had their merit, weren't as highly regarded as shows that came before them. And I love the fact that they're going to reimagine what's going to be next and Well, I'm going to be very interested to see how they do the timing. Are they going to keep it until they turn it over? Are they going to put Epcot Forever back in? Are they going to come up with something else in the meantime? But uh, I respect them for making such a a quick turnaround on it.
4: Yeah, I've been a Parks fan all my life. And going back to the original mistake of Disney's California Adventure, which took them (laughs) – 20 years before they admitted that it was a mistake, or uh, 10 really, Um, but the fact that they came out with Happily Ever After, that set the crowd on fire, and Josh just saying, hey, right off the bat, we're doing it, we're bringing it back, Uh, the harmonious one is what really surprised me, Enchantment Mm -hmm. was never never received well even when they put in the new beginning which i love it is a beautiful opening it ties it to walt and roy and the opening of the park see that before it glows away forever but harmonious was one that that is not a small investment of what they did i mean we don't know if the fins are going to stay we don't know what's going to happen My personal prediction is that it's going to be called Illuminations 100 to tie in with the 100th anniversary. Uh, But I know that's, I'm just calling that now, but it will be interesting to see what the future lies. And one of the things that came out of that, Lou, I have to point out is Josh, you know, Happily Ever After is coming back. Harmonious is going away. And then in the same little speech, guys, and we celebrated our 50th anniversary with amazing <laughs> nighttime shows like enchantment and harmonious. Like the script writer was not That's the true. same person on both sides of that.
0: <laughs> um, Becky. So yeah. Do you have anything else on your list?
3: Of course I do. I have several things, and I know we're going to get to that that point where we're going to do the honorable mentions. But I want to talk about something that I didn't actually get to see that I missed. But I heard so much about it, and from the people who got out of it, I am so sorry I missed it, and I wish I had gone. It besides the SEA panel, by the way. Let's set that to the side. I, I would have there. loved That's my next loved. Okay, I'll so I'll leave that alone. But I don't think you may have seen this, Jeremiah, but the Muppet Christmas Carol panel. Did you guys get a chance? I wish I was there. After I heard what happened in that panel was amazing, including um, Paul Williams was there. Hmm. And so was um, Henson. And they were discussing how it came about, of course, the history of The Muppet Christmas Carol, and that nobody thought it was going to amount to anything. And, of course, out of every single Christmas movie out there, it's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, the cast, Kermit, Piggy, Gonzo, um, Fonzie Bear, all came out in their costumes, in their Christmas costumes, and sang a medley through of the uh, music that's in The Muppet Christmas Carol. And they also had uh, someone come out and sing When Love Is Gone, which is the wonderful, spirited love song ish. Jody Benson? Yes, it was Jody Benson. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that came out. Like <laughs> and I'm trying to remember all the stuff that happened in this that people told me. And uh, of course, from the theatrical release, it didn't make the theatrical release, but it did make the whole movie piece. So I never even knew that it wasn't there because I got to see it only once it came out on Home Movies and on DVD. So she came out and sang this this missing song. They decided to put that on the cutting room floor because in the initial tests, some people felt that the kids weren't enjoying it. It wasn't making them happy because it brought the whole story down. But it's such an integral piece that it's, of course, going to come back into the next release. But... I would have loved to have been in that room mm-hmm. to see all this happen and especially to see all these characters in their Christmas costumes doing that med- medley. Whoever got to see it, I'm so glad you did because I think that's going to be one of the, the ones that people are sad that they missed like me.
0: Like the lamp, not the rat. Like the lamp, not the rat.
2: Yes. I need him
0: who did not and die. I, oh, can I,
3: I can't wait for Christmas then, just for that one line. <laughs> <laughs> and then since... And then since I'm I only have one other that I'm gonna throw out here just to do it for the fun of it, it'll be quick and fast. But who saw Disney treasure coming? Nobody. And if you say I thought it was gonna be yeah. believe, I thought it'd be fan. i mean, not I, guess, you know, believe or imagine or something like that. I would have bet a
2: million dollars it was gonna be imagine. Like
0: I thought it was gonna be adventure. I thought it was or be
3: Believe. Adventure. Well, because and, and, and when they started talking about adventure at the very beginning, right, is the right? theme of saying, adventure ah. like
0: here it comes, it's the adventure. Yep.
3: And it was treasure, and nobody had the, I didn't have it on my list. I had a list of like 10 possibilities that wasn't even on the list. I think it is amazing to see that the color scheme that they've done for this one. I hope they take a different tactic on some of the spaces on board uh than they have the wish, but that they showed us the the, um, the concept art and uh, Jasmine, of course, and the, um, you know, <laughs> and the prince. Uh, I'm excited for that. I can't wait to actually see this ship now. But the treasure, I don't know. It It's not the name I thought was going to happen.
0: I, I don't think any of us saw the name treasure coming i mean it makes sense right when you look at the concept art and some of the videos of that um, grand hall which like the wish is going to sort of embody this idea that you are in not a castle but this time it is a is a gilded palace which clearly has influences from asia and africa while paying homage to agrabah from aladdin the color scheme is different it's darker i i like the way it looks to your point becky it'll be interesting to see how the other spaces because this plane is already in flight in terms of construction how the places and spaces might mirror or be different than the wish this is scheduled for delivery in 24 of course we know that we have uh this is the second of three new ships with the third plan through 2025 of the wish class. So uh, be very curious to see additional concept art as this gets closer, but you're right. Anybody who had treasure in the pool who thought they were going to lose, enjoy your, enjoy your payday. payday.
2: I really (laughs) like, especially with the concept art they showed for the lobby. I really like how it's not just like a carbon copy of what the wish was. I like how it's completely different color scheme, how it's like, a new chandelier on the top, a brand new statue. Like, I, Aladdin's one of my favorite Disney Renaissance movies, so I was really happy to see the theming come from Agrabah and this gilded palace. So I really enjoyed that announcement.
4: Yeah, the announcement, I think my favorite part of the announcement was Josh, uh, you know, really calling out <laughs> a change, our new imagina- a new imagining of it as, like, Okay, did you guys listen to the fans already and uh, <laughs> change that up? But coming out of that, also, I, you know, I'm not the cruise person like you, Becky or Lou. Uh, the Australia New Zealand cruises uh-huh. for me was one of those like, wow, they're really doing it. I mean, it's always been kind of a off in the distance, possibly could happen. Now that we're getting more ships, but moving it down there for however long it'll be, that's exciting. Mm.
0: Yeah, we, yeah, uh, uh, Becky, uh, Becky and I, have already, we've been talking, we've been talking, so <laughs> we'll have some. Uh, yes, I, WWE. I be on that trip, <laughs> <That's right>. yes. <laughs> we'll have some announcements coming uh, forthwith about cruises. Uh, Jeremiah, anything else you still have on your list? So
4: I was one of the, you know, 12 people that was not in the Legends panel, the Disney 100 panel to kick everything off. And I was... I specifically asked to go to the SCA panel because the SCA, the Society of Explorers and Adventures, as you've done a great podcast where you hit upon so many beats, they went and they talked about the origins of the SEA in the parks. They talked about the origins of the SCA. And for those of you who don't know, go listen to Lou's podcast. It was about a year ago, very detailed about everything that goes in the parks. What's the number, Lou? Show know? 579. There you go. Thank you. I knew you would. Um, so it was the author of the, the, uh, the, I don't want to call it a kid's book, but it is definitely a mid range read. Interviewing Imagineers that are working on projects, that have worked on projects, they touched upon everything from the origins at Tokyo Disney Sea to the updates that they've done for the Jungle Cruise that all ties together. And one of the things that they also talked about is where it's going without giving us a direct. Okay, this is what to expect, but they have an overarching, overarching plan that Hightower. That name has been around since the '30s with uh, the American Waterfront in Tokyo Disney Sea, but they called out that they never found his body when the elevator crashed mm. down. But other companies have started to appear under the Hightower name, and they flat out said Hightower, could be Harrison, could be some descendant, is going to be the villain of the SEA." So they've got a story going that is – sounds like it's going to be going for a while. Um, One of the things they did put up, and I was the nerd that was the first guy at the microphone asking this question. On the screens, they put up a timeline of the SEA, starting from way back in the uh, fortress at Tokyo Disney Sea all the way up to present day. So there is SEA going. Some of the pictures I can see, some of them I can't read what it says. One of the most interesting things, and I'm guessing this will either come out in a book or something in the future. 1955 Mary Oceanier stages Miss Tilly as an accident at Typhoon Lagoon Uh. and disappears. So not only are they planning this, they're retconning stories that we've known forever as Disney World fans. So no attraction is safe. And they they actually (laughs) asked the audience, like, where do you want to see the SCA go into next? And we heard everything from Space Mountain in Tokyo, the new version coming, to existing attractions. Like they they were suggesting that Tiana's a member of the SEA, and they were saying <laughs> all these little things. So I don't think we're going to some- see it go all over the park, but they have some plans in the future.
0: I dig. We'll that. Take some merch. <laughs>
4: yeah. I would love to see some merch. if they're going to turn
3: anything into to a uh, profit center. I'm okay with that one.
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm all. I'm. I'm always down for uh, for some more SCA the port. and I and I love the fact that they, like you said, have sort of retcon this storyline to go as far back as they need to, and let it bleed over into existing properties that we see. No pun intended. That we see uh, whether it's on cruise line. Whether I, I didn't even know about the, uh, the the Miss Tilly being staged over at Typhoon Lagoon. Yeah. So I have a feeling. We are just on sort of the precipice of really seeing, a, uh, not just uh, with the, the new series of books, but a lot more SEA coming, the stories coming front and center to the parks as, as opposed to being this sort of ultra nerdy thing that, that some of us sort of latch onto and, and gravitate towards. I think this storyline will, will take a much more prominent place, you know, in the parks proper
4: absolutely and i'm i don't think that we'll have to wait too long especially uh jungle cruise updates and this is something that i stumbled upon a little while ago not only are they have they done the jungle cruise updates with the alberta falls but if you walk through that extended queue in the the boathouse they actually have added a new sea stuff in the past few weeks so mm. they are still in the process of reaching out and seeing what they can do with this property.
0: And I love that it happens quietly, right? There's not a blog post about it. There's not anything. There's no big announcement. It just sort of is trickling its way into the parks in a variety of locations. Uh, Anything else on your list, Jeremiah? Otherwise I'll just sort of hit through a couple of quick ones
4: other than, and I'm sure this could be one of your cook ones, the Hulk, which we never, well, we kind of thought we see him after they started showing the project. So EXO stuff, uh, last year, but seeing him come out, you know, and they, I love the fact that they, Josh and Kevin even said, this could be very t- temporary. Like we're not sure how long the Hulk's going to last because if you saw him, he looked great, but at the same time, he's definitely in a rough prototype. So I wish I could be out at Disneyland or DCA next or starting today. He could be out. We haven't heard. They said anytime this week. So hopefully he'll be showing up and we'll be seeing some uh, better pictures of him than on the stage.
0: And we've mentioned this a number of times. I love how quickly, especially over at DCA in Avengers Campus, they are able to have characters come out as they appear on Disney+. Plus. Like, I love that. You know, it, like, day after President Loki shows up on Disney+, President Loki is in the parks. A couple days l- later, you see, you know, Yelena Belova and Black Widow. And I, and so there's that's, I think, part of the reason that there's such fresh life in that park all the time because you could be walking around and you literally don't know who you... Last time we were there, Nichols, for Star Wars Celebration... I'm walking by, I'm like, wow, that girl has a dress just like America Chavez. I'm like, no, it is America Chavez. No, like
2: I didn't even like
0: she was literally just like walking by
2: and there was no one there. And I was like, Is that America Chavez? But then I saw like a little mic (laughs) and everything. I was like, oh my god, she's just
4: her. Yeah. She was walking. And we were able to catch her. Only because she had the microphone on. Like, especially in California. I mean, California has every race, creed, color, everything. So America Chavez fits perfect, and her just walking by one day, and then I was lucky enough to be out there when Miss Marvel debuted, and I got to see America Chavez and Spider Man talking together, just as they were walking. One was walking off stage, and other was walking on, and they just stopped and started talking about their costumes and everything. And that um, Avengers Campus is the definition, I think, of what Walt wanted Disneyland to be—ever changing, could moving forward, and like you said, week to week. I mean, we've had somebody in there every Thursday, Friday, when the new shows drop to see who's going to show up. And I'm guessing next week we will be seeing maybe the Hulk
0: and Daredevil at the same time. Oh my God, I, Nicholas,
3: I got to see you there. <laughs> I'm so Daredevil excited! Daredevil comes out next I hope week.
0: So- and Becky, I'll I'll send you pictures of <laughs> Daredevil so you know what he looks like when you see him.
3: Um, <laughs> I think I could figure yeah. that one
0: out. I just have a couple on my list that I want to very quickly touch on that sort of flow from the the current Marvel discussion. One, uh Black Panther: Wakanda Forever comes out on November 11th. This marks the final film in Phase 4 and Ryan Coogler was there. We saw an extended exclusive look at a scene and some of the highlights from the follow-up to Black Panther from 2018. Uh this movie has more meaning not just because of it being the the end of of phase 4 but obviously because of Chadwick Boseman it looks beautiful uh Angela Bassett just looks and, and it and what little we saw delivers an incredible performance I'm, i i love Powerful. Winston Duke um I, i'm looking forward to seeing Namor, sort of a, a slight variation from what we see in the comics coming onto screen and what that is going to open up. And the other thing, the other panel that we went to, and again, we you know, Becky, with, with the booth, we have to sort of juggle, you know, being live, being in the booth, trying to see things and cover things, and, and there's a lot going on, but we did make it over to the Spider-Man 60th anniversary oh, panel. I
4: forgot to include that. It's no yeah,
3: question. A, if you would have missed that, you would have lost it. So... It that was, was that was a must
0: from a pure fan perspective, right? And obviously, I'm a I'm a Spidey guy. I love the fact that CB Sambolsky and Spider-Man editor Nick Lowe, It was just a couple of fans sitting up on stage talking about a character that we love. They walked us through his presence in the comics and the variations in the comics. And at the end, right, the gift that we got was the presentation. But the icing, the the cherry on the 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 true gift was we got not one, but two special variants for amazing Fantasy one thousand that is exclusive to d twenty three Expo, which are gorgeous. One variant and they're they're drawn by Umberto Ramos and colored by Edgar Edgar Delgado. The one variant has Mickey Mouse handing Spider-Man a cake for his sixtieth birthday. And I love the brilliance of a second cover showing Spidey giving a cake to all these Disney characters to commemorate the Disney company's 100th anniversary next year. It's awesome. It was so funny watching us all walking out as if we were holding like Fabergé eggs. We're like, don't get your don't get your oily hands on it, like trying to keep them from out getting creased. But that was like from a from a a, a material takeaway. That's super special.
2: And another one of the funniest
0: parts of that panel was the people sitting outside the panel trying
2: to buy the comics out. People but like, <laughs> yeah. how much you want for it? How much you want for it? Like get literally waving cash. Yeah, like literally a- waving cash of cash trying to buy these comics
0: because it was in a small room. And I love that about Expo is they allow some, uh, small, relatively smaller rooms. So there is a sense of fan intimacy there as opposed to everything being in these cavernous arenas.
4: I think that room was a 700. 700- See, so that wasn't much, and as you were saying, how we were walking out holding the Faberge egg. The only time that I had any problem with cast members was how they were handing the comics <laughs> to us, because they just had the stacks and they were just grabbing them and handing them, and we were all just like hurting, like no, no, please, please, sir, don't, don't, oh. But it was hilarious watching us all walk through and. Hearing that Lou had bubble mailers that we all went and <laughs> oh stole from him and stuck our comics in the. <laughs> That's bubble all, Corey. Mailers.
0: That was all, Corey. Corey,
4: so. God oh, bless
2: Corey.
0: Bassett. We talked about Thank you.
4: having a line. We need to talk about Corey <laughs> having a line of people just to see him at your booth. Like that was one of those times when I walked up and there, you go, what's the line for? <clears> They're here to see Corey yeah okay.,
0: <laughs> uh, and the last thing that I want to mention, which I, I think is is certainly important to discuss, was, you know, we haven't really talked about Walt Disney World a lot, right? And I think that's I think there's a couple of reasons for that. But one thing that Josh talked about was the blue sky update, quote unquote, coming to Magic Kingdom, Coco and Kanto, and villains coming to Magic Kingdom in a quote potential expansion opportunity it's an early concept exploration it's a brainstorming of what is possible when you dream big at the disney parks what i actually think makes the most sense to happen and and people saying, well where are you going to put it what are you going to take away you don't have to take away anything if you look at a google map behind big thunder mountain you can cross the the waterway that sort of feeds the rivers of america And there basically is an island there. There basically is an entire sort of undeveloped island, which I think will eventually become Villain's Island. And this idea of somehow traversing out of the sort of story of Americana that Magic Kingdom has, and you go through some portal, some whatever, to some other underworld, underground, other dimension Villain's Lair, Villain's Island – people will lose their absolute marbles. Mm -hmm. I'm raising my hand, myself included. Whether it happens or not, we don't know, but I think the word villains is the thing that people really got very, very excited about.
4: Yes, because we've been waiting decades for this ever since that proposed Fifth Gate, you know, the Villains Park, and seeing that, and you and I were hitting each other at that point. Like, Yes, the Encanto. Yes, the Coco, which both have had doorways that lead into a villain's area very easily. Um, you know, those were both. Oh, wow, those would be great. And then when they finished it with the villains and we all just completely lost it, because that, again, who doesn't love a good villain? And we could bring stuff from Beastly Kingdom back. We could bring all those concepts. But again, I don't know if when Walt said we have the space. I know where the roadway is, and I know where that goes. We could be seeing, hey, we're going to have to redo the the rivers like we did in California. We can connect over by Haunted Mansion, mm-hmm. which, again, would be a great walkway. Yeah. You know, we could be seeing a, if that goes, if, 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 <clears throat> uh, if that goes, we could be seeing a huge construction of the park. Probably the biggest expansion, well, definitely since New Fantasyland.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, Yeah, I want to, I want to point out the fact, though, how much I appreciate the blue sky. Now, I know a lot of people like, well, it wasn't an announcement, really, and it probably will never happen, blah, blah, blah. But if you look at even five years ago, uh, or, or, you know, (laughs) four expos ago. You didn't get information at all, unless it was absolute and it was greenlit and it was going. And uh, you know they were probably already digging holes and they already had a um, construction work going on out there. I mean, if you remember way back when, when they were building Bay Lake Tower, and we were looking and going, "What are they building?" And you'd ask them, "What are you building? What? What do you mean? What are we building?" Well, there's there's construction equipment out there. Well, we have no idea what you're talking about. So. <laughs> To to now see them at least talking about possibilities rather than pretending things aren't happening. I find that refreshing while others are out there saying, well, we know it'll never happen. They're just trying to fill space and they're just trying because they've got nothing better is what I'm reading out on the wonderful Internet. But personally, I appreciate hearing the blue sky. But I also know in the back of my mind, yeah, it may not happen exactly how... Uh, they throw it out on the table, which is why it's called Blue Sky. So as a fan, I love the fact that they're sharing the thoughts. Um, and we think that it might happen and great if it does, but also if it doesn't, that's okay, because there'll be something even more wonderful behind it.
0: Right. And, and you know, to the point, I know some people said, well, we didn't get a lot for for Walt Disney World, except for some Blue Sky and a few things here and there. I think there's a method to the madness and to to, to use a a Nicholasism and follow me around the room on this. I really believe as I thought they were doing two, three years ago that they are saving announcements for destination D, right? I I thought they were doing this three years ago before the world shut down. It was canceled for Walt Disney world. I think they are saving some Walt Disney world announcements for Walt Disney world fans who will be at Walt Disney world and in the room because that is where destination D takes place. I think that's where we're going to learn about imagination. I think that's where we're going to learn more about the boardwalk and the poly and the po, and and the Grand Floridian and the the DVC Tower coming to Polynesian Village. Maybe updates on Mary Poppins and the Play Pavilion, Epcot, the Roundup Rodeo Restaurant in Toy Story Land. New restaurants to Disney Springs. The real expansion that's coming to Animal Kingdom, whether it's Zootopia or Moana or whatever it is. Maybe even Tomorrowland, right? To tie in. With the opening of Tron, um, you know, I like Becky, I'm with you. I like the idea of, of of getting these blue sky ideas. But look, you know, also you can't be upset or surprised if some of what is mentioned here, just as it has been in the past, doesn't necessarily come to fruition. The Main Street I- Theater. Cherry Tree Lane, mm-hmm. the original updated Future World plans, the second Future World plans, the first Avengers e-ticket, uh-huh. and all these things that have not been built aren't done yet. And, and look, I I get it, right? We we I get that people and we sometimes have the feeling that sometimes things take too long, right? There's a little bit of a ruka salt in all of us, right? Like I want it and I want it now, but you know, good things take time, and I think great things take even longer, and that's our expectation level from Disney, right? We don't want good, we want great. And I think that's what they've been delivering. Guardians of the Galaxy, Flight of Passage, Rise of Resistance, I- I'm looking at you. And look, you know, not every time a hitter gets up to bat, uh, they don't—they hit, hit a home run. There's a few singles, a couple of dings, a couple of walks, maybe even a few strikeouts. Um, but if we look at what we have got and, and what we've gotten to do, and even as... Disney and the rest of the world continue to try and write their ships and get back to quote unquote normal because I don't think we're fully there yet. Um, you know, it's interesting when you go to something like Expo and you see and hear either on the show floor or, or on the socials. And you know, my feeling about this idea of, of having keyboard courage and protected by the veil of anonymity <laughs> by things like Twitter Um do you think Disney doesn't want to open new things? Like, do you think they don't want to do things to attract new visitors and make fans happy and, oh, by the way, maybe make some more money by opening new attractions faster? Like, it makes no logical sense to think that they do it on purpose. Like, yeah, you know what? Let's take five years to open up Tron just to mess with people. Like, they want to open <laughs> things faster. And, and you know, I know some people say, well, you know, other places down the street do it and, and I get it And and look, you know, sometimes those attractions aren't, Open all day, every day. And look, I I admit I am an unapologetic optimist, um, not just about Disney, but in general. um, I think the biggest win of Expo was Expo, right? Going back to the very beginning, Becky, like being there with people again. Sharing what we love about Disney and Marvel and Star Wars and Disney Plus. I am a very much choose the good kind of guy, and I am still celebrating what an amazing time I had at Expo with old friends and new and family, like in the rooms and on the show floor. Um I, I I'm I'm not just sort of saying it for the sake of saying it, like this was for me. It was my best expo, not maybe because it's just so fresh or because I missed it so much, but because of what we got, because of what is coming, because of the unknown that is coming and the time that we got to spend together. I, I really, really loved it. Um, Becky, Jeremiah, and Nicholas, any sort of final thought or personal moment for you that is is a, a, a takeaway for you or something that you want to share? The actual best well, part. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Becky, you can go first. Oh, go ahead. Well, wait, now I want to know what Nicholas is going to say. So we'll just tease that until you're good. Okay. Good.
3: <laughs> well, for me, um, I, I kind of wish I saw more baby Yoda, but I did get a little, I got a Mandalorian walkabout, which is hopefully going to show up eventually when I get to go back to Disneyland for that. You're not going um, to get any well, more baby sees, Yoda until uh, you
0: stop calling him baby Yoda. And he has a I'm name. Going to, call him.
3: <laughs> I am totally going to call him baby Yoda for as long as I feel like calling him baby Yoda, because that's what he is to me. And he's <laughs> and I have to buy more as a matter of fact I have one right in front of me right now uh, Loki season 2 is something we actually didn't I do have a problem well at least you know what to give me for Christmas um, yeah there's that $100,000 one I think that'd be great if yeah. you want to anyway um, the Loki season 2 is something we didn't mention either I was really thrilled to see that coming my I have two more things first of all the thing I didn't get that I wanted so badly was Deadpool 2 <laughs>
0: I really, really three. wanted you Deadpool. You mean Deadpool three? Two. You mean Deadpool three, but that's okay. But uh, three, sorry. Super fan.
3: <laughs> I really wanted quiet. It's all a thing to me. Deadpool. I wanted a new Deadpool and I didn't get it. So that really bummed me out. Um By the way, the, Jeremiah the and Nicholas, I'm
0: looking at you because we know of never mind. Go ahead. What? Just did, what, it just it, what, watch, watch what, the things what, you're what, supposed to, watch the things you're supposed to be watching.
3: Okay, anyway, so I, watch I'll, I'll be episode. texting both of you on that. Just I, go watch
0: She-Hulk. good you, Lord.
3: I, I haven't <laughs> been able to, so I've been on the road. Um,
2: anyway.
4: TV right behind <laughs> like, you. Like, just like
3: scream it. Watch <laughs> that
2: and Daredevil at just the I'm same time. Oh my God.
4: I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm literally <laughs> going
3: to. The anyway, no. go my, my, last, my last thing is, uh, again, how much I appreciated just seeing everybody And thank you to all of our our clients and the people who who, um, listen to WDW Radio, who came to the booth, who gave us hugs, who just said hello and met you. And it meant the world to me. It really did. Just seeing people face to face and sharing all this wonderful fandom that we have, this love that we share for this crazy thing that we all can't get away from um, just being there, being with all of you, and experiencing this together. Whether it was moments in the booth or moments and panels or on the floor, um, that includes all of you guys. I mean, Nick, you and I had some really fun times together sitting in that parks panel. Oh my god, that uh,
5: panel—that
3: was so great. That just the whole experience with you and with those of you who came to the booth and with those of you who were in the box. It just meant the world to me. And I thank you very much for a wonderful three days. Oh, and by the way, um my other real big thing that I that was amazing to me and will always stick with me forever, kind of, is when the in and out burgers showed up at the booth <laughs> oh for teardown and Load Out. <laughs> I, that's gotta be a new, that's gonna be a must do for every teardown going forward. Someone's gotta deliver us in and out burgers
4: because that was
0: amazing. In and out.
4: Um, For me, two really personal moments. Um, The first one was, you know, Lou, you and I were lucky enough to go in to do the media preview of the floor and everything. And as a kid in Disneyland, I can remember walking into the premiere shop on the mouth of Main Street as a kid and seeing this beautiful model of Splash Mountain. And looking at it for hours. And just dreaming about how amazing that attraction was. And then when we walked into the parks. uh, Exhibit area. And they had all sorts of great models. And great everything. And then I turned the corner. And there is. I would say the exact same model. That they just (laughs) chopped the tree off of. And made it even better. Of uh, Tiana's Bayou Adventure. I sat there like. There was stuff in the panel. People have asked me, or in the in the exhibit, and i was like, I have no clue. I, to be honest, I sat there staring at that model and the Toontown model for hours. I walked in there at least two more times, and it, it was that it took me back to being a kid and walking into Disneyland, just like in awe of this is what we're getting. And I don't care about everybody. Oh, the boats not there. This. It's going to be an attraction like none other, just like Splash Mountain was all those years ago. That was my first very personal moment. My second personal moment, uh, Laughing Place had a booth. That was my home where I could go drop off and do work. Walking into your booth, uh, seeing you, your wife, Becky, Nicholas, everybody. It It was like going to my family home. Like I knew there was a hug there. I knew if I needed something, I could go to you guys. And it it's not it, laughing places where I work. I, I love you guys. I love WW Radio. You've been so kind to me over the years. I can remember in 2019 coming out of the parks um, and then sitting in your booth and feeling privileged to be able to be interviewed by you. But now walking in and just going, Wow, I, I can get a hug from anybody. I know if I need something. Nicholas ran and got s- uh, some tea for us. A and lot, a, a lot of life. pineapple lemonades <laughs> yeah. over that weekend.
3: Uh, and the squishy carpet, but, by the way. That helps, too.
4: Yeah. Oh, it was. But by far, the most personal feeling of that entire booth is me walking out and saying hi to Kevin Feige as he passed <laughs> me running into your booth to give you a <laughs> hug, Lou. <laughs> but no, you guys... Like I, I am proud to call you part of my family.
0: Oh, well, thank wow. you, brother. We love you. That too. means a lot. Yeah, man. Because you know, you're you're not just all you, you, all of you, and you listening at this table with us. You know, you're not just you're. You know, I don't like the f the fan word, but you are more than a friend. You are family, and, and you know that's. It's weekends like this that we get to do these things together and and share these this time together. That really it really is a testament to that fact. So thank you for saying that, man.
2: All right, so my, this was actually at number one on my list. It was a really emotional moment for me, but my favorite part of Expo was when they gave everyone at the Parks Panel Portos, and I was walking
0: out, and it was so good.
3: Oh wow. my God. You are your father's son,
0: man. By the way, someone stole my Portos. Mom did. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I wasn't going to call her out, but it was her. I'm sorry. You well, didn't we get weren't to eat very yours. hungry so... at that point, Lou, like we'd had a good lunch. <laughs> Was that it? Was that really your, yes, your favorite, favorite? alcoholic? Really <laughs> <it. laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, there were there were um there were were incredible moments in the booth, on the show floor, in the panels with those who were able to share some of the experience as we were broadcasting it live. I would love to know from you, my friend, our family who's listening, your thoughts on the announcements. Um, what are you most looking forward to? What got you excited? What, Whether you were there or were uh, watching at home, what was your sort of one moment, emotion, takeaway from D23 Expo? There's a couple of different ways you can let me know. I'll post this in the Radio Clubhouse is where our family gets together for fun, stress-free drama-free conversations on Facebook at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. You can also call the voicemail. I'll play it on the air. Share your thoughts by calling 407-900- 9391. And then, of course, whether whether you want to come to Expo next time, go anywhere in the world, go and visit Becky and her amazing team, by the way, over at Mouse Fan Travel. You can find Jeremiah over at laughingplace.com. Jeremiah, anywhere else they can connect with you on the socials?
4: Uh... Instagram, laughing underscore place, uh, Twitter, laughing underscore place, Jeremiah Good at Instagram, Jeremiah Good at uh, um, Twitter. Um, I know that you guys didn't get a chance to video everything because I was sitting next to you, Lou, and I had my hand up for the entire two hours. So I'm going to plug this. (laughs) If you guys do want to see the highlights of the parks panel and a lot of the different panels that we were able to go to. The Laughing Place YouTube uh, did a lot of the leg work. So if you didn't get a chance to and you do want to see those, a lot of that is up. And you can hear Lou and I going <gasps> quite often in <into> the <laughs> parks panel.
0: And I will, uh, I will certainly link to all those things in the show notes at www.radio.com. Becky, Jeremiah, and Nicholas, I love and appreciate you. Thank you for uh, the best D23 ever. Uh, when can we do this again? Let's just get more, more portos. <laughs> more portos. Yeah, I need portos in my life now since I've heard about <laughs> you it. Know,
4: there is a portos like when can we a, a do mile this? Mile and a half from oh, Disneyland.
0: Oh, oh, oh. Well, when Daredevil comes to Disneyland, the three of us are flying out. In and out, in and out, portos. portos. Daredevil.
2: <laughs> done. All you really need.
0: <laughs> one day, in and out. That's all we need. I will I will absolutely do it. We'll make it happen.
3: I'll be there Friday. <laughs>
0: I wanted to take just a minute, or in my case, multiple minutes, to share my thoughts on an individual experience I had during Expo. And I I normally don't share very personal experiences, especially if and when they are one-offs and and not repeatable, etc. And there were many moments, I think, that we all experienced from Expo that we didn't talk about, um, including Being in the booth and having folks and friends like Jeffrey Epstein and and Michael Vargo from D23, Brian Crosby from Marvel, Ridley Pearson, Disney legend Tom Nabby, and my friend and president of Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, going out of their way to come by and chat for a little bit in the booth. But something else happened during Expo that I really need to share. and, And I ask only that you listen with the understanding of what I am trying to convey. This is not about me or what I did, or where I was, or who I was with, but it's about the person about whom I'm going to speak. And also please understand at the outset that I am not allowed to discuss any details at all about our conversation, and I will, of course, honor that trust and confidence. What I am permitted to talk about, though, is about our conversation, and I think you'll understand why I want to share it with you. During expo, uh, I was given an incredible opportunity to meet in a very very small setting with Disney CEO Bob Chapek. And at that meeting, I was part of an intimate conversation that was and will always remain off the record, so I can't discuss anything that we talked about. But after leaving, I really wanted to and 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 feel like I need to share with you what I can. Because it was an opportunity to ask and talk about literally anything, and full advantage was taken of that time. We had a very, very honest conversation about a very wide spectrum of topics. But what I really wanted to share with you was not what was said, but my personal impressions. Um, We started in a private setting and then moved through a very slow walking tour of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway in Toontown, where I obviously focused less on the attraction and more on the man that I was with. Because it's what I learned and, and took away from my time that I wanted to share. Because I had a chance to see a side of Bob Chapek that was not the corporate CEO, not the person Reading from a script or a teleprompter or on an earnings call with and for investors. And I wish that I could share more or anything about what we talked about. But I saw a man that's very, very different than what we see on stage. A passionate, heartfelt, funny, thoughtful, caring, sympathetic and understanding human being that more than anything cares deeply, deeply about guests and fans. He was remarkably candid and very forthcoming, and I only wish that you can see and hear that side of him as I think you might be surprised at who and what you see because I think it's very easy for people to be critical and point fingers at the CEO of a company, which is understandable because he or she is ultimately responsible, but I think too often we see and hear and read information that is attributed to somebody that might not necessarily be who they are. And I want to make something else clear. This was not sort of something done for publicity by a PR team. This was something that he asked for. He asked for this meeting. And he said, ask me anything. And I mean anything. And some of us in that room did just that. And he never shied away from answering anything. And he was honest and he was forthright. And he was so very human. And I think it's so easy for people Online, especially protected by the veils of anonymity, to get a little or a lot of keyboard courage and, and direct their comments and yes, even frustration and anger to an individual without maybe knowing that person and or the and the, the reasons why thoughtful and often very very difficult decisions get made. And I know I'm dancing and like I do in real life, not very well, but I, I I'm sharing this because my hope is that someday you. Everybody can and will see this side of Bob Chapek, unscripted, authentic, and personal. I don't know if it ever can or ever will, but it's something that I wish for, something that I wish for you, and something that I hope for Bob as well. And, you know, when we left the first location and then did a walkthrough of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which I can't talk about either, I watched and listened to him more than the Imagineer who took us through or what was happening in the space itself. I watched and I listened, not just to the conversation I was having, but others were as well. And I saw an excited, knowledgeable, and passionate fan who just happens to be the CEO. And I left that experience with a new appreciation and respect and more importantly, understanding. And that's what I am hopefully conveying in this difficult dance I am trying to navigate here and I know what you might say that I'm only saying this because of the opportunity that I had that is not true Uh, it never has been it never will be I wasn't asked to nor obligated or expected to share any of this with you and I get nothing by doing so and there's no benefit to be gained by sharing this and I know that I might be opening myself up to negative comments and feedback and criticism the internet mean never But I felt it was important for me to share this experience and my honest, because that's all you're ever going to get from me, take away feelings with you. So I only ask that maybe when you see something that disappoints you, as well as when you see something like an expo that excites you, that it's easy to choose on your own who you feel should get credit and who should get blame But always remember that there's a real person on the other side doing an incredibly difficult job, but who cares about you, us, the fans, way more than you might think. I'm not sure if I articulated that well, certainly within the confines of what I am able to say, but hopefully I was able to express my meaning and my intent and my takeaway with you. And I appreciate you indulging me a few minutes to share this story with you. Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details of what you see, hear, taste, or remember. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. And this week's trivia contest is brought to you by you because as part of the WW Radio Nation, you literally help bring every episode of WW Radio to life. The live broadcasts, the contests, and giveaways, they're all thanks to Buy for, because, and about you. And you can find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar per month, but get cool exclusive rewards every month like scavenger hunts, trivia quests, group video calls, access to our private Facebook group, the shirts, stickers, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World, early access and discounts to special events, and much more. I want to thank some new members of the WW Radio Nation family, including Michael Rosenberg, Christine Garaci, J.P., Elizabeth Mimkin, and Fran D., I sincerely appreciate your friendship and support. If you want to find out how you can be part of the nation, please visit www.radio.com slash support. Now, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. But first things first, I had a bit of a mental hiccup last week. Let me explain, in case you haven't figured it out already. Last week I talked about Leonardo da Vinci as the he was the answer to our trivia contest and I meant to say that all, although many people believe he's in Spaceship Earth right before the Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel scene, the individual that's there is actually meant to represent an amalgam of Renaissance artists, etc. and not Leonardo da Vinci individually. However, my brain and my mouth weren't cooperating, as often happens, and I realized that later on that night What I did, I ran into my room, fixed the file, but if you downloaded the show early, you got the Looney's sleep version, so I apologize and appreciate the multitude of emails and messages correcting my <clears throat> mental hiccup. Anyway, I'm sorry about that. I'm human. I make mistakes. Let's move on to last week's trivia question where I asked you to tell me what character once hosted the Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom game. Thanks to all of you who entered, got this one correct, and know there was, of course, Merlin the Magician, who actually was once played in the parks by Jim Corkus, who was our guest last week. I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for a prize package that included a WWE Radio pin, mug, and a mystery prize. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Kellen James. So, Kellen, congratulations. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay. Because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, this week, I'm going to take you over to Disney's Animal Kingdom, where I wanted to tell me what food comes flying out towards your face at the end of It's Tough to be a Pug in the Tree of Life Theater what food comes flying at you at the end of It's Tough to Be a Bug. You have until Sunday, September 25th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to wwradio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the online form there. You're once again going to play for a mug, a brand-new WW Radio pin, and a mystery prize. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. If you were at Disney's D23 Expo and came by the booth, thank you so much for taking time out of an incredibly packed, busy, and exhausting weekend. If you were able to follow along live, I appreciate you tuning into the booth cam, some of our walk-arounds and interviews, and I hope that we were able to bring and convey some of the in-person Expo experience to you wherever you are. I would love to hear your thoughts about Expo, anything that we talked about this week, or anything in the Disney, Marvel, or Star Wars universe, and I invite you to please come be part of the community and conversation in the WW Radio Clubhouse by visiting wwradiocom slash clubhouse. It is fun, a 1,000% family-free, incredibly friendly, and a place that hopefully you will call home. You can also connect with me elsewhere on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn if you have a question you want me to answer on the show you can email me lou at wwradio.com, or call the voicemail with a question or a comment about this week's show or anything at 407 9391 that's 407-900-WDW1 be sure to check our events page at wwradio.com slash events for our next meet of the month as well as our upcoming events like our Very Merry Time cruise on the Disney Wish this December and our 8 Night Overnight in Bermuda cruise on the Disney Fantasy this April And I'll be scheduling our next meet of the month in Walt Disney World very, very soon. Speaking of events, we now have just five seats left for my Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World, October 22nd and 23rd. I am incredibly excited about the lineup of not just presenters and panelists, but sessions and people that will be in attendance this year. It is a 50-person two-day one-room interactive workshop to help you turn what you love into what you do and take your business to the next level. I am so excited that Duncan Wardle, the former vice president of creativity and innovation for the entire Walt Disney Company, is coming back to lead an extended workshop. He is a remarkable presenter and I cannot wait to see him. We have an entire branding boot camp, lessons about productivity, social storytelling, a mobile photo and video workshop, Growth, monetization, scaling, repurposing, self-care, dealing with imposter syndrome, live Q&A, networking activities, table talks and support stations. There are more than 20 sessions with me, an incredible lineup of presenters who, like you, are entrepreneurs or solopreneurs and are walking the walk and will share their experience with you. But we only have five seats left for this year's Momentum. So if you are looking to join us at the Hilton Orlando right across the street from Dizzy Springs this October, please visit lumonjellocom Momentum to learn more and secure your seat. Early bird pricing and discounts are over, but, 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 I have a special discount code just for you. The purpose of Momentum is to try and help you. I want to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. I also want to thank you for being my friend, for listening to the show and being part of the community and that's why I've created a special discount code just for you or someone you know. If you use code PODCAST100 at checkout, you will save $100 off your weekend at ticket. If there's any other questions you have, if there's some sort of help I can give you to help you get there, please reach out to me. Email me, lou at www.radio.com and let me know. I promise that if you come, you will not leave with just a notebook full of great ideas. But you will leave with new friendships, new relationships, and real change to your business, your brand, and your life. Again, lumangelo.com slash momentum. If you like the show, and I hope that you do, all I ask is that you please help spread the word, tell a friend, share a link to this or your favorite episode on social. And if you can, take just a couple seconds to rate and review the show over in Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Boo VI who says it's fascinating and fun. I've been listening since 2008. Wow, thank you. And look forward every week to a new episode that I listen as I run. I always learn something new and lose passion and dedication clearly come through his guests, interviews, and top tens-ish will make you smile and feel the Disney magic no matter where you are or what you are doing. Thank you, Boo, and thank you, my friend, today and always for your friendship, for your support, for listening, for sharing, for being part of the community, and for the gift that you give me of allowing me to share my love for this place, this thing with you I hope that in addition to bringing you a little bit of that Disney magic that we love and maybe a smile on your face that the show inspires you to choose the good and to be the good and be that positive light you want to see in the world. It starts with you and I promise positivity is contagious. You'll feel better. You make the people around you feel better. It's a ripple effect. It works. I love you. I appreciate you and I hope that this truly is your best week ever. So until next time. Thank you. See ya.
1: Hi, Lou. This is Pat from New Jersey. Uh, just, a, just generally just want to say thank you for being you. Um, you're just so, so positive uh, and show some genuine, genuine love and enthusiasm for, for Disney, which is what, what, um, what, we listeners, what we listeners all like. Um, we've been listening to your podcast um, I guess since, since, since around the time my son was born, which is over 16 years ago now. Um, and of course, we're all, all listeners now, and, um, and we just love it. What what we like is that you have you have real deep knowledge of, of Disney and especially Walt Disney World and the cruises, um, and your enthusiasm for it really really shows through, which is great. I mean, more most recently, your past couple podcasts, I think six eighty nine, you were you were talking about your wish list or your, your predictions for, for what's to come, and that's the kind of stuff that, that we like. Along with the history and everything we we'd like we love that. We love just thinking along and imagining with you. Um as well as the one you just had um it we just listened to now six ninety with um uh Tim Foster and you're you're talking about um places you like to re-theme and everything. Um so 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 that's that's the type of thing that, that we like and you're really you're really great at it and every episode is is wonderful that way. We we had the opportunity to actually meet you. Um, my, my wife, my son, Ethan, and I, my wife, my wife, Nidia, my son, Ethan, and I met you on The Wish um, on the August 1st sailing. Uh, we unfortunately weren't part of your group, but we had seen you. And, uh, and I was kind of shy. Sure uh but my wife and my son were convinced me to at least please go say hi. Um, and, you know, you, you always say nothing beats a handshake and a hug. So I went over, we went over, said hi, and Lou, you were just warm and wonderful and welcoming, um, and 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 it was great. And if uh, if every human being could be like that, the world really would be a better place. So thanks again. Um, keep up the great work, uh, and we'll uh, we'll keep listening. Thanks.
5: Hey, Lou. Jonathan Keith here, living in Horizon West now. Moved here about a year ago to be closer to the parks, and loving every minute of it. Uh, again, just listen to your show with, uh, Tim about things that you would change in the parks and retire and refurb and I I forgot the name, so forgive me there, but had a little, uh, feedback for you. Number one, great show. Love the subject. It was awesome as always. Number two, Tim needs to watch his mouth about, uh, imagination pavilion. Of course, I'm joking. Tim is fantastic, but as a, a vacation club owner, I love that lounge. Please don't touch my lounge. Um, you also mentioned the uh, the Rock and Roller Coaster, and uh, my wife, uh, a.k.a. Mama Bear and I, have had this conversation a couple of times, and we would love to see them re-theme the Rock and Roller Coaster as Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. We think that would be a perfect uh, place to make that update and make that change. Um, and then last but not least, and I'll let you go here, uh, you mentioned Tom Sawyer's Island. Uh, when you think out uh, in California and California Adventure, you have the, uh, the, and forgive, I think it's the Redwood Adventure Trail. I think that would be a perfect use for something like that, where you did some sort of an adventure trail and get the kids active, kind of like Tom Sawyer Island used to be. Um, and FEMA to UP and I know UP is featured heavily with the Wilderness Explorers in Animal Kingdom but I think there's enough room and enough area for you to have that there on Tom Sawyer Island just my two cents anyway thanks again for a great show great podcast always love tuning in every week and uh, you have a good one buddy thank you bye